You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Ari's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. Podcast number 55. I am your host, Reality Steve, and this is the one-year anniversary of the Reality Steve podcast. We started it December 5th of 2016. Here we are, December 7th of 2017, and what better guest to have on the one-year anniversary than the guy that we're going to have today? But before we get to that, a couple things real quick to tell you about. Number one... Uh, if you could rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts, that would be a huge help uh, for the podcast. Certainly helps anytime that uh, you can rate. And when you rate, it'd be great to get five stars. I mean, if you rate and do one, you know, whatever, if that's what you think, if you really think this podcast is a one star, well, then you're wrong. But rate with five stars, give us a good review, and we'll go from there. It definitely helps the podcast, I'll tell you that much. And then, um, secondly, before we get started, I want to update you on what I said from last podcast and anything that I wrote from this week. Um, I have not heard anything as of yet regarding any lawsuits and whatnot. I'm, I know a lot of you have asked. It really is something that could come at any time. I have no idea what their plan is. I have no idea exactly what's going on. They still have not responded to our response to their email, which was sent on um, the, what day, the, the 20th? No, 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 no. They emailed me first. The cease and desist came the day before Thanksgiving, which was Wednesday the 22nd. They gave us till Monday to respond, which was the, what, uh, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 27th. We responded on the 27th. We sent another email on the 28th, on Tuesday. They haven't responded to anything. So I have no idea what's going on. You'll know when I do, probably. So just wanted to give you an update on that because I know a lot of you have asked. Okay, let's get to our guest. Uh, he's arguably the greatest competitor in challenge history. He is a six-time champion, reaching the finals in two others. He's banked well over a half a million dollars in earnings during his show appearances. You can currently see him on Champs vs. Stars, airing Tuesday nights on MTV. Love him or hate him, you got to respect him. It's Johnny Bananas. Johnny, thank you for coming on. That was a hell of an intro, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start taking you on the road with me as my hype <laughs> yeah. man. Everywhere we go, I'm just going to have you do my intro. The only thing is we got to cut out the arguably, okay? Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't think there's any debate, man. I, I, don't know, I don't know what the debate out there is, but yeah. Yeah, see, the thing is, in my mind, there is no argument, but you know that there's plenty of people out there that just don't like yeah. you. You know, exactly. Okay. But just cause they don't like me. I mean, I, and I get that. I understand. I mean, you know, like you said, love me or hate me. Yeah. I've always said, it. man, love me or hate me. Just make sure you spell my name right. You know? <laughs> well, I, here, here's a simple question, but I'm honestly curious if you know the answer or maybe you've spoken to fans who have contacted you about this. Why do you think that people don't like you? I mean, for the same reason, people don't like the Patriots, man. For the same pe reason, people don't like the Yankees. It's because, you know, for the same people, for the same reason, people now all of a sudden don't like the Golden State Warriors. I don't know if, if uh, for people who don't know sports references out there, I mean, yeah. you know, you saw the Warriors a couple years ago, and they're like the lovable losers, and it's like you always pull for the underdog. You know, people always want the underdog to win, 
And then as soon as, you know, as soon as that underdog then wins, uh, suddenly people change their opinion. Um, and you know, it's like, if, if, have you ever like watched any sort of like an event, whether it's like boxing or I mean, whatever figure skating, it's like, even if you know nothing about the sport, you're always like, well, who's, who's the, who's like, who's the champ? Who's the, who's the odds on favorite? Yeah. Cause I'm going to go for the other guy. And I feel like that's what it is. In addition to that, the fact that I've won, it's, you know, I mean, let's face it. I've got a, you know, uh, very polarizing, um, you know, personality. I'm, you know, I'm outspoken and opinionated and I enjoy getting under people's skin and some people like that and some people hate that. But I mean, that's just who I am. That's who I've always been. Um, and that's who I will continue to be. You know, I've, I've, I've seen cast members in the past um, do things on TV that they, you know, ne- weren't necessarily proud of, and they like go on these on their on their, their social media pages and apologize. And and I've always thought that's funny because it's like you're apologizing to a bunch of people who you don't know who they are. It's one thing if you're going to apologize to your family or loved ones or your girlfriend, but it's another thing to go on social media and apologize to a bunch of strangers. I've just never understood that, and I'm all, I'm you know I've always been under the impression it's like. You don't apologize for, for being who you are, you know, and I've never and I never have been and I never will. So, you know, love yeah. me or hate me. This is me. Don't. Yeah. And don't change because this is this is the person that and part of your personality is what has won you six titles. Like, yeah. without a doubt, it's not because as we'll get into later, physical versus mental when it comes to these challenges. Um, but I, I do want to talk about the last one, which was Dirty 30, which was quite an interesting season. I think. When I'm watching it, especially for the finale, I, let's start at the finale. Um, it wasn't like the past ones. Not only did they um, announce the winner at the taping, but they filmed two ending. Uh, this Cara Maria told me this. I didn't know this until she told me that they filmed, you know, her pulling one Alter- X, an alternate ending, an yeah. alternate ending. In yeah. your in your eyes, did you? I mean, you weren't part of the finale in terms of the final couples and final teams. Did you like that? Um, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I did like about it is no one was able to leak the ending. And that was the whole point behind that. True. Because dude, there's, there's some absolute psychos out there that, that, that are getting their information from God only knows where, I mean, they must be getting it from like the CIA or something, because I mean, they have like, I'm talking about minute to minute spoilers. Like the second someone's eliminated from the show. (laughs) They get back to the hotel. They go on, you know, on 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 the internet. I'm not going to say the website, and it's out there already. And it's like so. There's got to be some mold buried deep inside of production that's just leaking this stuff. So that was the one thing I did like about the about the the alternate the alternate endings is nobody really knew. Yeah. Fans were even asking me. I run into people. They go, "All right, who won?" I'm like, "You're not going to believe me, but I don't even know." So, um, you know, I like that part of it, but I just thought Dirty Thirty as a whole. It was just too long, man. I mean, it, it it was too much, dude. With the with the redemption house, and you know, and people will say, oh, well, you know, they've had that before. But in the past, you know, they refer to the, the exile house. That was different. Yeah. You know, it was like there was only one person in, in one couple in the exile at a time, and then they had to fight to to to, to stay there. Um, and it was a secret, and it had never been done before. This just got to the point where it was just so just like monotonous, where it's like, all right, who's coming back now? You get rid of people, they come back. You know, it was just like it was like the season that wouldn't end, you know, um, and that's it, good and bad. It's good for us because it keeps us on, on, on TV longer. But then the fans, I mean, dude, you know, you only have, you know, so long of a of a of a of a, of a threshold where you can, you know, keep on watching the same thing over. It was like Groundhog's Day, you know. So, um, you know, I, I respect them for, for, for trying something new. Um, but 
and you know, in my opinion, what they're trying to do is they're trying to establish new talent and new cast members. Yeah. And the problem is you bring new kids on, we're going to get rid of them immediately, you know, whether they like it or not. And we, some of us, myself included, cast such a big shadow sometimes on these shows that it's very difficult for the up and coming kids or these new people to make a name for themselves. However, my point has always been, well, I mean, look at what I walked into. My original season was the duel. Okay. Yeah. I walk into a house with CT, Brad, Derek, Evan, Kenny, Wes, Big Easy, the biggest names to ever be on the challenge. That was my first show. So if I, if I'm somehow able to like, you know, and that's what it is. It's like, it's like, you know, if you want to be on TV, it's like survival of the fittest, man. It's like, you know, it's almost like, like with the whole millennial generation, like they're coddling to the new kids. It's like, oh, we're going to have to find these loopholes and ways to keep them around so they can establish a name for themselves. When it was like back in the day, it was like we had to do it through like blood, sweat and tears, you know? Yeah. So and it's, our, and just, it's just a changing, changing landscape. And something that you mentioned just then about this being so long, when I was talking to Cara Maria last week or the week before and I was you know, doing research, I watched every episode of Dirty 30. But when then I was looking back on Wikipedia, I did not realize, like, I was so into the show, I guess it didn't register with me. That show's first episode was fucking July 18th, and you That's ended mid-November. Yeah. I'm like, did I watch that for four months? It seemed like yes. it was only two, but yeah. gosh. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and like I said, I mean, so you know what? Some people loved it, man. Some people loved yeah. the, the Some people cannot get enough of the challenge. It would be like, Remember the, the movie Truman Show? Yeah. Where it, like you could watch him 24 hours a day, live feed at work, on the toilet, wherever. It's like there are some fans out there that if they could, they would have it that way where it's like we're being filmed all the time because they just can't get enough. But then there's like the casual fan that wants to have a break every now and then and be like, all right, you know, this was good, but let me, you know, take some time and, you know, this Johnny Bananas guy, you know, I just watched him for two straight months. I don't need to, you know, I don't need two more on top of that. So. <laughs> We all have we all have a different uh, you know tolerance for, for for what we want. Personally, I love the fact, dude, that it's like they're they're pumping these things out now. I mean, before it was like one two seasons a, a year with Champ Stars. Uh, we're, this is already the fourth season that we filmed, and then they've got you know three more slated. So um, yeah, that's they're great. definitely they're definitely keeping us working, man. So I want to talk more a little bit about the finale, and obviously a big thing about the finale was the fact that the winner one of the winners, the female winner, wasn't even there. And yeah. and then we've seen what happened on Champs vs. Stars. Has she gotten, uh, Camilla gotten uh, altercation with a PA, yep. whatever the case may be. Um, I want You've been on a lot of challenges with Camilla. Uh, mm -hmm. I talked to Carmery about her. What is your overall take on what's going on with her? Camilla's got, Camilla has, like like a lot of, people that are cast on, on the challenge. I mean, there's a reason why, especially with the females, they cast a lot of the girls that they know aren't necessarily, um, 100% stable mentally, yeah. you know? And because they just, I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, it's like they, you, they want good television. You know what I mean? And if you have girls on there that are, you know, thumping a Bible all day long, it's like, you're not really going to get anything out of them. You bring girls on that, you know, have a, have a tendency to, you know, get drunk and, and turn loose. And they have that, that, you know, that dark side in them and that flip thick and switch. I mean, that's what let's, let's be, let's be honest. I mean, that's what makes good television. You know, that's oh, what yeah. people want to see. Um, and, but, but Camilla, I think she's got a lot of stuff, dude. She's got a lot of, of, you know, deep seated, um, issues that she has never 
dealt with, you know, and um, I think, she, you know, on her own, I think outside of the show, um, she's able to kind of keep her, 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 her life and her emotions in check. Um, but you take someone like that and you put them in an environment, you know, like uh, in the challenge where things are very stressful and, and it's a pressure cooker, you know, and you, you put someone like that who's already predisposed to have these outbursts and these whatever deep seated issues or traumas or whatever you put them in a house like that. And, you know, with, with the stresses and the alcohol and the pressure and that sort of thing, it gets the people after a while. Um, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, Camilla was great for the show, but, um, I think at the same time she really did, uh, it it almost became like, like a, like a habit, you know, like for example, if, if I if I was to ever have an episode like the Camillinator on on TV, I'd watch that and I'd be so mortified by the way that I acted. I'd be like, "That's never happening again." Yeah. With her, it almost was like it almost became like her alternate persona, and it was almost like encouraged for her to, you know, get drunk and turn into this, you know, evil mutant. And I mean, that's what ended up happening. And she took things. I mean, you know, dirty thirty. To to a place that no to such a dark place, dude. Nobody thought oh, yeah. that, that that she'd go there. And the things that she said, <clears throat> you know, were just so bad. It's like it's there's really no coming back from that. And then to have that happen, and then to go on the following season, and to have not learned. You'd think if you're gonna learn your lesson, you think if you're ever gonna change your ways. Yeah. You know, verbally. Uh, uh, you know, abusing someone racially on television, you'd think would kind of be where this is that this change needs to be made. It didn't, and she continued the same behavior, and she just got worse. I mean, she she actually was getting worse over time. It wasn't getting any better, you know. So I think the best thing for her, in all honesty, man, is to just take a, you know, take a break, take some time off, take forever off the shows, and and <laughs> and and find out, you know, kind of who she needs to be and what she needs to do to just to get better because. Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't even show the extent of what went down on Champ Stars. It was, worse. it was gnarly, dude. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was way worse, man. Gosh, that's. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel bad for her because. Yeah. You know, we see it every season. People drink on the show. We know that happens. However, her drinking just gets to another level. That it's like, look, Camilla. Other people around you are drinking, and they're not doing what you're yeah. doing. How come you can't keep it under control? I've never understood well, it, but like. Well, you said, I think it's. I mean it's just a lot of, it's a lot of people. I think a lot of people have a lot that they keep bottled up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's as soon as that alcohol starts to flow and as soon as their inhibitions are lowered, it's like everything that they keep, you know, pressed down on a daily basis. It all just, it all rears its ugly head. And that's, you know, there's a few people on the show that are like that. It's just people have different ways of, of, of expressing it. And unfortunately hers, she just gets really just, you know, violent and crazy. And, you know, it gets to a point where, it's not even entertaining anymore. It just becomes sad. And yeah. it's like this person, you know, is now not just a danger to like other people, but once they become like a danger to themselves, you know, you, you, you got to shut it down. And, and I think she's, she's better off kind of, you know, doing some soul searching and, you know, taking Instagram pictures, you know, by the ocean and, you know, figuring it out. <laughs> I, I want to talk about another person and this might be, this might be public knowledge that maybe I'm unaware of because I don't follow Social media wise, I'm not one of the diehards. I don't want to know spoilers on this show. So this may be out there and it may not. So I'm just going to ask you everything with Wes and you. Is this a is this an act or or do you really not like this guy? You know, <laughs> or are you playing is, it up a little bit? 
I mean, here, here's the deal. It, it's like, you know, outs, outside of the show, Wes isn't a bad guy. You okay. know, I mean, we, we, we're, 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 you know, cool as, you know, can be on the outside. The problem is once the cameras are on and once you are back in that challenge mode, um, you know, people's personalities change. And, and once the game gets started, it's, we just have two completely different strategies and philosophies of how to play the game. People call me a snake and people say that I'm a shady player. This guy, he would sell the shoes off his own dead grandmother if he had the opportunity to. You know what I mean? So yeah. once we get on camera and once the game starts, and there's such a history of just distrust between the two of us that I'm never going to trust the word he says. He's never going to trust the word that I say. And we just have these two you know, conflicting um, strategies that, you know, are never going to go the same way. And, and it just makes it better. I mean, for me, you know, when I, when I see Wes, I mean, it's like, obviously it's, I'm, I'm, you know, no one can ever be happy to see that face, but, um, but it's one of these things where it's like, you know, this is, it's, it's going to be entertaining, man. It's, it, you know, yeah. me and him go back and forth every season. This season is no different. Trust me. You think, I mean, right after the, uh, CTTO, uh, little rivalry, you know, fizzles out, the the Johnny Bananas West rivalry uh, is is gonna is gonna start up in a big way again. So oh. there's a little there's a little uh, l- little, <laughs> little teaser te- for you guys. Yeah, nice. Um, I got to imagine last season champs versus pros that had to eat you up inside forever. Like, are you still over the fact that West was the guy that eliminated you in that jousting <laughs> yes breaking a stick no. competition? I mean, listen, it it sucks to lose at West to anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's even worse to lose to West, you know, in front of national on, on national television. But I mean, you do also have to factor in like what he beat me at. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's like blindfolded stick fighting. Like, come on, dude, like anything, anything that would have involved any sort of physicality or any sort of strength or agility, it would have been a different story, but they, you know, they picked, uh, they picked the one uh, elimination I think that that was chancy enough that he he had an opportunity to win, and uh, things just went his way. Another thing that wasn't shown, which is unfortunate, is sometimes they don't test these eliminations out properly, and those sticks that were in our hands they made them really thin because they didn't want anyone to get injured. Yeah. So, you'd if you swung it too hard, the stick would actually break in your hand, and they basically had to reset us about seven times because every time I'd swing the stick, it would break in my hand, and there was twice. That I had him dead to rights. His back was turned to me, and when I went to swing and hit him, the stick broke in my hand, and we had to reset. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of things you don't see yeah. that take place, and you know, had you know things gone a different way, you know, had had uh, had had it been different, things would have gone a different way. But you know, that's 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 the way the cookie crumbles, man. I I heard in another interview that you did once, and I'm sure you still have this same feeling. But you're not a fan of them bringing in the are you the one people? Are you? No, I'm, I mean, like any, but you like, understand why they are, but you just don't like, I it. totally understand why. Yeah. Like any over, I mean, like at this point, I literally feel like the, the, the challenge has become like my home, like my domain, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's almost like with other real world cast members, it's like, all right, yeah, they're like the annoying relatives that, you know, that have to be in your house. But then when you see these, these are like the. You know, these are like the, the the people that come door to like the are you the one kids would be like the 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 door to door guys trying to sell you a newspaper. You know, it's just like really like this is what this is what we're we're putting on the show now. And if you look, and you're obviously a big fan of the show, yeah. The casting process for people to get on the real world 
and the casting process for people who get on Are You the One are completely different. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the majority, if not all, of the Are You the One cast members are very like one-dimensional. You know what I mean? They they got cast to be on a dating show. Yeah. The only criteria to get on was Are you hot and are you slutty? That's it. <laughs> Whereas with the challenge or with the real world, it's like these like for the for the most part these people are like complex people and they have layers and they're like more developed which is why i think it's been so difficult for any of these are you the one cast members to get any sort of traction and to gain any sort of popularity or fan base because there's nothing likable about any of them you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah and i'm just being real dude no, i mean this, I, this isn't just i mean this is by this opinion is shared by i mean many. essentially everyone on the planet except for people who've been on are you the one and their families, but I'm pretty sure most of their families don't even like them. So, yeah. um, you know, now that you mentioned yeah. that, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going over in my head, just some of the names and I'm just like, yeah, tell, I mean, me, tell me one person from, are you the one that you're like, you know what? This guy is at, this person's funny. This person's dynamic. This person's athletic. This person like does great interviews. This person has a great sense of humor. It's like, okay. I have somebody that doesn't check all those boxes, but somebody that I remember asking Cara about, and I asked about a possible star, an up-and-coming star in this franchise, and she mentioned Hunter. And I thought, you know what? Hunter, I guess. I mean, I can kind of see it. He doesn't check every box you just listed. but From the athletic, here's the thing. Athletic, like competition athletic-wise, I would agree 100%. Because okay. Hunter has – he's got that um, – he's got that, that need to just to prove himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes – and that – and he was an athlete growing up, but he has that like hunger and that fire in him where it's like, I want to go against the best. I want to win. I want to be the best. So from an athletic standpoint, from a, from a competition standpoint, absolutely. But his strategic but, game sucks. Not just a strategic game, but no. I mean, just the, 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 we're there to film a reality. We're there to film TV. It, yeah. You know, anyone that, that knows anything about the challenge, it's nine, like, the challenge, the actual competition comprises maybe 5% of the show. The other 95% of the show is the house reality part. And if you don't contribute to the house reality and if you don't get involved in storylines and if you're not like, like you, you know, contributing in interviews and that sort of thing, it's like, you know, they're, they're, you're not really that useful on the show, you know? And I mean, who knows? I mean, the guy might develop a sense of humor overnight, but, um, you know. No, I hear you. In my opinion, that's that's what what makes the show, and that's where it counts. If you want to know who, if you want to play a fun game, and you want to know who the people are who are the most essential to the show, you watch whose interviews and whose sound bites and who narrates the show, right? You those oh, yeah. are the people, those are the people that that are the most important ones because you need that. Without that, you don't have a show. Talk about the strategic element of this show in terms of, you know, we've heard it a thousand times, um, you know, how strategy plays a huge part and, you know, your mental game. And we hear that a lot. The mental game is far ahead. Your mental game is so far ahead of a lot of the players on the show. One, because you've been on it a long time and you know the ins and outs. So the newbies coming on are just, they could be great physically. It doesn't matter, but they mentally can't take it. Again, explain what that means because the average person watching at home I think they only see the physical part of the game, and if you can't hack yeah. it, you're probably gone. But talk to people about exactly how mentally tough this game is. It's it's hands down. When, when I tell you, it's it's 
I mean, I, I don't want to make light of, you know, people that have post-traumatic stress disorder and I'm not going to, but it's, it's as close. I mean, when I leave the challenge, I feel like I have a mild case of PTSD because it's like you get home and it's like you're, you're shell shocked. You, because of the environment that you live in and because of the, the, uh, the, the amount of pressure and the amount of stress and that you're, that you live under a daily basis and the isolation, I mean, they, they, they go out of their way to isolate you from, you know, Everything. the real world civilization, I mean, yeah. no books, no magazines. Uh, you know, we were basically, we get to live in, a, in this cool house, but it's like, we're locked in there for, you know, seven days. I mean, we're, we're always there unless we're competing or we go out once or twice a night. Um, and once you have all that taken away, your entire existence and your reality becomes the show. And when you watch it on TV, that never comes through, right? So when you watch it, it looks like we're always there and we're partying and we're having a good time and we're swimming in the pool and girls are running around with their tits out, yeah. which I mean is a part of the show. But what they don't show are the hours upon hours that we're lying in our bunk beds, staring at the ceiling, just wondering how we're going to make it through this next day. Is my name going to be on the chopping block? Are we going to show up to the challenge tomorrow? We're going to have to, you know, kill each other with spears or dangle off a building or drown in the water. I mean, it's just always, it's such a mental game. There's so much pressure and there's so much stress on you that the way that a lot of, I mean, I just know what's coming. And even though I know it's coming, it still doesn't make it any easier to deal with. But the reason a lot of the new kids have such a hard time is because they have no idea what to expect. And that's the thing is they come. My own cousin came onto the show. Yeah. Uh, Vinny. A few seasons. He couldn't wait. When I told him, like, dude, they're, they want to do bloodlines. Do you want to do it? He could not be more excited. He's like, this is going to be so fun because we're going to have such a good time. And I'm like, ah, it's not what you think. And about a week into it, I remember laying there. We're laying next to each other you know, in our, in our bunk beds. And he looked at me and he goes, dude, this is not what I expected it to be. And it's not. It's, it, it is – the challenge is the mental game. The challenge isn't the physical part of the game. The challenge is surviving in this house and this, and this, you know, this, this world that they put you in. And, and it's, the, it's the mental part of it. And you know, just figuring out how to use that to your advantage. And a lot of the, t the way you do that is you, you know, you figure out ways to, you know, isolate people and you, and you just kind of make the surroundings that they're in that much more difficult for them to handle. Um, so, you know, and, and, and nine times out of 10, you know, they just don't know how to, they, they can't hack it and, and they end up cracking. Yeah. And I, and I talk about strategy and I, I brought this up with Carter a couple of weeks ago and I want to bring it up with you is we know at the beginning of the season, the beginning of any season, the, the newest people on the, that have participated in the fewest amount of seasons are the ones that are targeted and are the ones being thrown in first. If you, but everyone was, and I, I think a lot of people that sit at home, these Monday morning quarterbacks say, why don't these people go after the big names? If you were a newbie, would you go after someone like yourself or CT no, or Wes right no, off the bat? No, it's, it, it, it is. It's, it's so easy to sit on the couch and be like, this is what I would have done. I should have done this. I should have done that. It's a completely different ball game when you're actually there and you actually have to nut up and make that decision and call out a bananas or call out a CT, you know, and, and, and exactly it is easy to sit, you know, to sit home and, and say that, but it's, it's completely different when you're there, especially because the risk involved is so there's so much risk involved in, in making a move like that where it's like you come on and the majority of, of, of kids that come on this show, 
they're not, they're on the, I'm happy to be here program. Yeah. It's like, I just want to hang around. I just want to f- keep my head under the radar. I just don't want to make any waves. Um, because then what ends up happening is you send in one of the big dogs, they come back, guess who's now on, on their hit list. And it's like, nobody wants to, you know, put themselves in that position. So, I mean, my first season, I was the first one gone, dude. I was, I was yeah. the first one voted in the first one gone. So it's like, I get it and I've been there and it's, it's, you know, Again, it doesn't translate through to the television the, the the way it is when you're there. And that that environment is a very, very, very tense, very crazy environment to be in. What, one of your biggest things that I think everyone wants to hear from and uh, hear about, at least a, a long explanation of everything, is what happened on, on Rivals 3. And the short version is, uh, for those that don't know, the grand prize that season was $250,000. You're told right before the final challenge... 275000 275. You're told right before the final challenge that not only are you competing against other teams, you're competing against your own team member by winning checkpoints. Your team member, obviously, was Sarah. Whoever the most winning checkpoints within your, your team of you and Sarah, you would then get to decide if you keep the money all to yourself or you split it with her. You decided to keep it for yourself. And obviously... Mm-hmm. There's a giant backstory to why you decided to do this to Sarah. Some agree with it to this day. Some will never agree with no matter what you say. But I want you to walk us through why you made the decision you did to screw Sarah or to to take the money all for yourself and give Sarah nothing at the end of Rivals 3. Yeah, um, thank you for rephrasing that. Um, So if you mentioned there's a backstory, and there is. Yeah. And if you look at – for even people who don't watch the show, we came on – the show where I, where I ended up taking the money, the show was called rivals three. Now, the only reason that we were rivals is because on the previous, on the prior season that we had been on, she essentially did a very, made a very similar move on me where basically she backstabbed me at the last second. Now, prior to um, X's, which is the one where that happened. Me and Sarah had been friends for years. I'd known the girl for eight years. First challenge she ever did was the ruins. We took her under our wing. We kind of showed her the ropes. We, you know, Sarah was never, when it came to the challenges, Sarah was never like the most athletic or physically imposing, um, competitor. That just wasn't, you know, her endurance was, was never there. Sarah's strength was always her puzzle game. Um, so obviously in a physical game, someone like that's going to need, you know, protection. So we, every season that we were on, uh, you know, Sarah and me just, just not, we were friends and we just kind of looked out for each other and we were in, you know, an alliance or whatever you want to call it, you know, cause we knew each other outside of the show as well. Yeah. Um, so coming into X's then, uh, you know, everything was good. I mean, we worked the entire season together basically unbeknownst to me, she was plotting against me behind my back, basically from the day we got there because she didn't want to run a final against me, which is understandable. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, the way that I see things is like, if you're in an alliance with somebody, you don't just use them until it's no longer convenient. Then you discard them. You know, that's just never been how I, how I go about doing things. Um, we get to the end of X's and she has a choice between me to send in against my best friend or the rookie team that we had basically carried all the way to the end as just, you know, an easy way out for one of the three teams that was still there in the end. That was and Jenna and Jay, right? That was Jenna and Jay. Jenna and Jay. Okay. And instead of choosing Jenna and Jay, she ends up choosing me. I go in against Leroy. I end up losing and that ends up, ends up, ends up potentially costing me $150,000. So, um, to me, 
it was a huge blow. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to lie. I definitely did not take it well. Um, I was completely shocked. I mean, if she's the last person that I would have ever expected this to come from. Um, so that was just kind of where that left, you know, we, we, it, it kind of like really broke up our friendship and that was where we left it. Um, until the end, after that, she had made this, you know, she grandstanded a bunch and said she was never coming back and she was going to have kids and she's going to start a family and she's going to get a real job, which I thought was kind of insulting to the rest of the people on the challenge. Cause it's like, you're going to get a real job. Like what, what's a real job? Cause this is something I deal with actually a lot of times on social media too. People yeah. are saying, when am I going to get a real job? And it's like, wait a minute, I spend my life traveling the world, going places most people will never see, getting paid a fuck ton of money for doing it, yeah. hanging out with, you know, ex make, doing, have, having all these experiences most people w would kill for. And these people are basically alluding to the fact that because I don't sit behind a cubicle, you know, for nine hours a day, five days a week, you know, that that's somehow I don't have a real job. So anyways, I, di I digress. So we, we then come on um, – Arrivals, which is the, is the following season, and me and her obviously are paired up. Now, this this twist where you could take the money, this wasn't something that was that was you know divulged to us in the beginning of the game. Yeah, it was right at the end. So the entire game, we're competing as partners, right? In the beginning, there was you know obviously it took us a little while to kind of like get over you know the past, but we worked through it. And I was like, you know what? If if we're gonna win this thing, then then we're gonna win. However, there was always this thing in the pit of my stomach. Or even after we kind of like squashed it and, you know, buried the hatchet. Yeah. I still was like, there's an imbalance here because you screwed me and now you got our friendship back, but I still got screwed. So it's almost like you kind of have won in, on, on both counts and I'm still sitting here like, well, well, how, you know, where's my reparations, you know? Yeah. So we get to the, we finally, we make it to the final. TJ drops his bomb on us. The, the, uh you know, how, how the, how the final is going to go down. Um, and I, I knew right there and then that if I got the points, I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to justify doing it, but I knew I was. And the funny thing is, and I will take this to the bank. She would have done the exact same thing. And I know that for a multitude of reasons, but if you look, if you go back and you watch that episode, as soon as TJ tells us what the twist is, the other two teams kind of laugh about it because you could tell it's almost like, ha, that's a funny twist, but I could, I didn't, I'd never be able to do that. Me and Sarah, our reactions are identical. We both are completely silent and we both stare right at the ground and you can tell the wheels are already turning in our heads. Like, wow, how am I going to do this? Um, and yeah, and we went, we, you know, I made sure throughout the challenge that I was going to accumulate as many points as I could. Um, and you know, uh, kind of lead her to believe the entire time that we were good. Because I didn't know at the end if she was going to have more points. I didn't want her to know I was going to take the money because then she would have for sure done it back to me. And uh, we got to the end and, you know, I had the option to, to, to keep the money. And, and for me, it was a no-brainer. I mean, people are like, do you regret making that decision? No. <laughs> there's not one second has gone by where I've regretted it. There, there's not a morning that I've woken up and checked and looked at my, my bank account and been like, you know what? I wish there was 275000 less dollars in my, in my account, you know? Um and, and the way I see it was even before all this went down, it was like our friendship was negligible at best. Now we have a friendship that was broken and was repaired on national television. And to me, that friendship is not worth $275,000. There are very few people in this world, especially people on the challenge, 
that I would not take that money from. And the reaction to what I did, I think the reason why it was such a violent, visceral reaction was because it was me doing it to her. If it was anybody else, if I would have done that to anyone else, it wouldn't have been as bad. And if it wouldn't have been me doing it, if anyone else would have done it, it wouldn't have been as bad. But because it was me who's known as the backstabbing, evil, pot-stirring villain, doing it to America's most lovable loser sweetheart, Sarah, I mean, that's – you couldn't pick two more polar opposites. You know, everyone loves her. Everyone hates me. And it was just like, you know, just gives them, you know, more more fuel and more ammunition. But – it was a, Yeah, it was a perfect storyline. And and yeah. But – for television purposes, it made such good TV, and it was and that, just and that's and that's another thing people don't understand is like okay, I've been doing this now for twelve years. Okay, I've done sixteen seasons of the challenge. Mm. I am like a producer cast member hybrid. When I show up to the show, I'm thinking storylines the entire time. I'm thinking what can I do? What? How can I manipulate situations? How can I, you know, um, how can I exploit situations to make a better storyline or to create a better storyline or to make better television. And when they told us that plot twist and when I saw that my cousin didn't split the money and Devin didn't split the money, I'm sitting here thinking like how big of a letdown would it be with this amazing plot twist, this, this ability to make insane television. If I just let that go to waste, you know, especially given our, our, our history. So the producer side of me was thinking about it too. And it ended up being the biggest, most talked about, moment basically in challenge history and uh you know it 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 really did kind of like solidify me as you know into reality television immortality whether that's a bad thing or a good thing i mean whatever it's a thing you know so here we are and so i would say that you don't buy and i I think she has said this publicly since that she said she would not have done that to you you don't buy it no i don't why would i buy that she did it she she had she had done it when we were friends, right? She screwed me when that when when our friendship was still completely intact, okay? What then leads me to believe that she wouldn't do it when there's even more money on the line and less of a friendship on the line? I don't buy that at all. That's yeah. just another way of her Dude, she played the victim card, man, like right out of the gate. And it was funny because when I did it to her, her whole thing was it's just a game. This isn't real life. It's just a game. I'm here to win. If I'm, if you know, I'm here to win money for myself, not for anyone else. These were words out of her mouth. But then, and, and it's funny because when she did it to me, everyone was like, "Get over it. Stop being a crybaby. It's just a game. It's not real." When I did it back to her, then suddenly now this is reality, and now I'm ruining her life, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know, putting her her odds of going to college and jeopardy and like all this stuff. And it's just like people like this isn't real life. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game show. And let's not forget, Sarah's the one that rewrote the rules, right? She's the one that, 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 that drew the battle lines in sand when she basically did what she did to me. So yeah. if we're going to, if this is how we're going to redefine the nature of our relationship, then I'm going to play by the same rules that you did. And you know, for anyone that can't understand that, I think any logical, rational person would see it and be like, I don't necessarily agree with it and I wouldn't have done it, but I see why you did it and yeah. I see logically why. Anyone that can't see that, they just hate me. Okay, yeah, that, it, that, That's what it is. It's yeah. just – they just hate me and no matter what I say, 
I could literally say the world is round and they'd be like, no, it's flat. You know what I mean? I say black, they're going to say white. It's just how it is. And, and, and I understand that. It's like politics. It's like yeah. someone who loves Donald Trump and someone that loves Bernie Sanders. These two could argue until they're blue in the face about who's right and who's wrong, whatever. But at the end of the day, they're never going to agree. And that's just kind of how it is, man. It's just like, you know, oil and water. Yeah. And it's somebody that either doesn't like you or somebody that's a Sarah Rice fan. You know, exactly. Sarah fan. It's just like, okay, exactly. well, and no usually, what... Johnny, usually Johnny Bananas fans and Sarah Rice fans, there's not a lot of crossover there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It just is. Um, yeah. I want to talk. How much time you got? I want to. Are you good I, on time? Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got some time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about champs versus stars in or champs. Yeah, champs versus stars. The one that's going on now. Um, and just. This one in general, this new concept of champs versus pros last season, now champs versus stars. Do you like it? Do you like this, how they've done this with, hey, let's get our guys versus let's bring in outsiders who are experts in their field and put them on basically your turf. This is basically MTV rules, an MTV game. And we only have a one-season sample so far with an MTV pairing winning it last year with Carmaria and, and Darrell. I don't know what's going to happen this season. I don't want to know what's going to happen this season. I'm going to watch every week. But do you like this format? Do you? I have. I'm still. I don't know yet. I don't hate okay. it. I'm watching it okay. every week, but I don't. Okay. I don't hate it. I'm right. still. So I'm still I learning. It. I love it, and here's why I love it. Okay. We've been the challenge has been referred to in the past by uh, my one of my idols and mentor Bill Simmons. Um, fifth sport as the fifth major sport. Yeah. Right. Now, one of the big knocks on the challenge is you guys aren't real athletes, okay? Mm -hmm. If you guys ever competed against real athletes, you guys would get smoked, blah, blah, blah. You get, you know, the, the challenge is a bunch of drunken idiots running around and you know playing circus games. Okay, well, now we are pitted against some of the most elite athletes in the world, okay? There are – I mean – World last season, you had, you know, Pro Bowl football players, Olympic gold medalists, you know, snowboarders, uh, wrestlers, uh, wrestlers. I'm, yeah, right. Wrestler. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, guy, guy couldn't wrestle his way out of his double wide trailer. Um, uh, and then you got, you know, I mean, Sprint, you got Lolo Jones, you got, you know, Louise Hazel. Then you got, you know, this season, an MMA fighter, you have Terrell Owens. So it's like now we are now competing against some of the most elite athletes in, in, you know, ever in, in the world. Right. So just on that alone, just being able to compete against them on, on, you know, an athletic in an athletic arena to me is amazing. Right. And what it does is I feel like it, 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 it broadens our reach and our fan base and it brings new eyeballs to the show that wouldn't necessarily be there. I mean, where else could you turn on the television and be like, I want to see Terrell Owens and CT fucking basically <laughs> insult each other until they almost come to blows. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I want to see Riff Raff and Johnny Bananas go head to head in, in, in a challenge or elimination. It's just like they're just matchups that you would never in a million years like like ever, ever expect to see, you know? Yeah. Um, and and it's for charity, you know what? And it just it, it really does just add a different element to the show because I really do think after a while, people kind of get sick of seeing you know the same faces competing against the same faces. And it's great to be like these are the best of the challenge, right? These are the top performers on the challenge, and we're going to pit them against an assortment of you know athletes. And what I think is the most 
um, uh, interesting about how it how it goes down is in their own respective sports, football, you know, whatever, wrestling, uh, the Olympics, like they would obviously, you know, beat every single one of us. However, the challenge isn't about that, right? We the, every day when we show up, we don't know what we're gonna do. We don't know what the challenge is. We don't know what the elimination is. We don't know what it is. And and it's that. It's the ability to adapt right when you have to. And it's the ability to have never done something before, right? I've never ran around a parkour course grabbing flags and jumped off castles and hung on monkey bars, you know? Yeah. I've never pulled a semi-truck. I've never had to do you know a lot of stuff to have us do. But it's the ability to show up and just kind of be able to react in the moment and to be able to figure it out. And I also think – and you'll see this is what makes this so – so entertaining as well is they all show up in the majority of these professional athletes. You got someone like Sean Johnson and Kim glass who are, who are Olympians who have been coached their entire life from like a PR standpoint to always put on a good face and to never be negative and to always say the right thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But what the challenge brings out the evil side of people and that dark manipulative backstabbing conniving side of people so watching these people who've been groomed their entire life to be perfect and to never say a bad thing and to never be mean have to then navigate their way through a deliberation and screw someone over and create an alliance and stab someone in the back and watching them crumble is the most entertaining thing i've ever seen we're used to it you put us a bunch of champs on the team we're all like sharks in the water. And we all know it's like, yo, either you're going to get me or I'm going to get you. And it's like dog eat dog. You know what I mean? Whereas with them, yeah, they even came up with this thing where it's like, we're not going to call it the LVP. Who's the, you know, for those who don't watch the show, the, the, the worst performer, we're going to call it the MRP, the most ready player. And it's just like, Oh, come on, dude, how corny and, 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 and PC can we get, you know, what are we going to give them a participation trophy too? So it's just funny watching that happen and watching them crumble and then watching them have to now deliberate and, and they get caught up in the game. They show up and they don't know what the game is. They just think they're there to compete. They don't understand that what, there's this whole other dark side of the challenge that they're going to have to get involved in no matter how hard they try. And, and that to me, for people who come on the challenge, it's like you're used to seeing them do it. But to watch a bunch of people try and figure that out and not know it's coming and not know how to do it, it's it's entertaining as hell, man. I think the only thing that I'm still not sold on or just the one thing that I guess I miss is the fact that you guys all don't live in a house together. Yeah. That's the thing. It's There's no – I mean obviously we, we saw last week with the CT and Terrell Owens stuff and him dropping that you blew $70 million bomb on him, which was yeah. unbelievable. Um, just the fact that there's no, you know, living quarters and the stuff that we see on the challenge, like, cause that well, brings out and, and, so and much and good I stuff. I agree. Yeah. I agree. The problem is we'd agree to that. Oh yeah. The I problem knew that, is I know when you have, when them. you have these, yeah. When you have these bougie athletes and Olympians and stuff, it's like, dude, they have, I mean, contracts that are like, I'm only going to be on camera from this time to this time. And I'm not going to film here and I'm oh, not yeah. going to do this. Whereas we're sitting here like, dude, like. What do you want us to, you know, we're like well-trained, like we're like well-trained dogs, man. We're just like, all right, we're, you know, like we're just ready to go at, at a moment's notice, you know? So I agree. And I think that they're, I think that's one of the things that they're figuring out a way to address because, you know, anyone who watched the challenge, the house reality is such an important part. Huge. Um, huge. I mean, it's the entire show. So to not, so you're right to not have that is, but 
it's tricky, man. It, it really is tricky. It, it would be very difficult to convince, you know, a Sean Johnson or a Terrell Owens or, you know, a, a, you know, Kim Glass to be like, hey, we're going to put you in a house with all these, you know, with, with all these lunatics for three weeks and you have to live <laughs> with them. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough sell. Yeah. You know? It's almost I don't want to say it's a different show, but like you said on the challenge, the actual challenges are what, 5 percent, maybe 10 percent of what we see. Yeah. And the other 90 yeah. percent is living in the house. So this is focusing this show focuses on that five percent and it's like yeah. okay it's just more about the physical part on the or the the actual challenges champs yep. versus stars than obviously the other way around absolutely yeah yeah what i mean it, it is but you, you'll see once this season kicks off dude i mean it's we're only in episode two i mean you'll see that no matter what no matter how you know much kind of like free time or like it, it like it's it's always gonna get it's it's gonna get dark, man, and it always does, and there's always gonna be infighting and and that sort of thing. And again, though, you know, you also want to keep in mind that that this show is for charity too. Yeah. So there is like a very it's a balancing act, being like we want to show the drama and we want to show like you know that that side of it, but then again, it's like, but then in the future, but then it's like we don't want to like, you know, leave a bad taste in, in the charity's mouths either. You know what I mean? Because, no. you know, we are playing for something bigger than just, you know, e- killing each other. All right. Pretty cool thing that happened to you recently was you got to go on Jimmy Fallon show. And that was I mean, I mentioned it to Carmaria. I said, that is a huge deal. I mean, because we've seen reality people show up on on Kimmel and sometimes on uh, on Fallon, but nobody from the challenge, nobody from MTV, as far as I know, any the, no. the MTV cha- has ever shown up on a late night talk show. I'm no. name all of them: Corden, Colbert, Kimmel, none of them. So the fact that you got to go on Jimmy Fallon, just talk about how that all came about and how cool that must have been, dude. When I tell you, man, I mean, there's. It seems like with this cha- with the challenge, it's like, you know, when I started doing them, and and, and years ago, it was kind of like you know, what's going to be the end game here? Like, like, I mean, it's, it, it was almost like, I just kind of felt like I was spinning my wheels, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's fun to go on. It's fun to compete and win and this and that. But it's like, you know, I, I, like, I feel like, you know, I was destined for like, you know, bigger things. And over the, over, you know, the course of the, of the, of the, you know, past few years, the challenge really has gained a lot more mainstream, um, traction oh, yeah. and it really has become such a huge show and now mtv is putting so much behind it and it really has like re you know invigorated me to like want to go on and want to just you know do what i do and and, and make great television and it's it's finally to the point now where it's like i have managed to now brand myself and become enough of a household name where i have drawn the attention of you know, I mean, huge names like a Jimmy Fallon. And what's cool about him is he's a legit fan. Okay. It wasn't like, cause I've done interviews with people and I've, and, and we've had hosts and that sort of thing where it's kind of like they're reading off the, 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 uh, the prompter, oh, yeah. but they don't know what they're talking about. You know, they don't, they don't really know the show. They yeah. don't know what's going on in past seasons and what certain cast members are known for. Jimmy Fallon is a fan like this guy loves the challenge and what's cool and 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 that says a lot not necessarily just about what we do but about him because i really do think that there that that the challenge doesn't get enough doesn't get enough credit for what 
an amazing show it actually is. There's really no other reality television shows where it's like that combine all the things that the challenge does. Most of it's like, oh, The Bachelor. It's like, I gotta, I'm going to get married. I'm going to find someone and give them a rose and kick all these other people off and get married. It's all produced. Yeah. None of that's real. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and with the challenge, it's like they're combining so many different elements to it. You know, you have the reality aspect, but then you have the competition aspect. Then you have the strategic aspect. And then on top of that, it's like, you know, um, relationships, you just have relationships and all these characters and all this different stuff. And there really is so much going on on the challenge. And it really is like such a complex show that for someone like him who I hold in like such high regard and I've always loved him. I always thought he's such a funny dude um, to have someone like him, you know, respect the challenge and like it and enjoy it as much as he does. I mean, when I tell you, I the first time it was brought to my attention that Jimmy Fallon was a fan, I was actually at this. I was I was uh, in New York, and somebody hit me up on Instagram, and they're like, "Yo, dude, you you just popped up in uh, Jimmy's live feed." So I went and I watched his his live story, and it was, I guess, fans wrote in a bunch of questions, and he was in his office getting interviewed, and they asked him. They were like, one of the questions was, "What shows do you watch?" And he's like, oh, you know, I watched this show. He goes, I like the challenge. He goes, Johnny Bananas is my man. And I was like, did I just hear that? Right. Like it was like, yeah. it's on my Instagram. I actually recorded myself watching and I posted it. And after that, I was like, dude, this is unreal. And then, um, so I, I, I did a video on my Instagram of me watching the video and then responding to it. And then, uh, a couple months goes by and, um, I get a call from, uh, the MT- my, my PR girl at MTV and she's like, Hey, she's got really good news for you. She goes, uh, you're going on the tonight show. And it was like, when I said t- like, it, it wasn't, it, it was like, it wasn't real. Like when she told me, I'm just like, this is a joke, dude. Like, come on. Yeah. She goes, no, she goes. And she goes, in addition, not only are you going on the show, she goes, Jimmy's making a special, he, he, he's actually doing something they don't usually do. And they're bringing on, they're bringing you on as a guest, like an interview as the third person. Usually they only do like two interviews and an act or something like that. They go, you're going to be like a sit down. You're going to be the third interview. Like, and this is like coming from him, you know? Yeah. And that had dude, to be that, so cool. I mean, I, unreal, oh. unreal, dude, unreal. So, so, you know, and then and it, it was just kind of this thing where it's like, is this actually going to happen? I went to New York. Um, I did the call with, uh, with the book, with, uh, his segment producer, um, who's a really great dude. And he told me, he's like, listen, man, he goes, we're, he goes, just so you know, like Jimmy's really excited about having you on. And I'm just like, it, it was just weird for me to be like, damn dude, like I'm a, a huge fan of this guy. And it's like crazy. It's like, he's, you know, as equally as big of a fan of me, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we, 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 uh, uh, was in New York. Um, me and my agent went around, I got the, you know, I got all decked out, got my, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be sitting next to a guy who's wearing like a $8,000 like tailored suit. I gotta, you know, I gotta show him up, dude. So I went, I got, you know, I got my suit all tailored. I was ready to go. Uh, we got to, uh, the NBC studios the day of, um, hanging out in the green room. Uh, me and my PR uh, lady and, and my agent were all chilling. And then, I'm filling out like the financial paperwork or whatever. And all of a sudden in walks Jimmy, dude, just, I mean, just on fire. I mean, this guy just comes in and it was crazy because it was like, it was like a bro. It was like a instant bromance where it was like, it was, we- it was like, we just embraced like right away. Just like started hugging. I'm just like, dude, I love you. He's like, I love you. And it was like, it, it literally was like, just, you know, it was like instant. T- it was, it was great, man. And it was funny because we had planned, I had had, uh, MTV make him a challenge jersey that had his name on the back, Fallon. And I was going to give it to him on the show, but then they said, you know, it would be better to give it to him, you know, you know, in the green room or whatever. I was so like, just like, fra- like, you know, my mind was in so many places at the time, I forgot to give it to him. 
And my agent told me after, I was like, dude, why don't you remind me? He goes, bro, he goes, when he walked in, he goes, there was so much energy in this room. He goes, I couldn't even handle it, dude. Like I didn't even know what to do. I was sitting here. You guys were just, it was like this love fest going on. And it was funny because after I was like, you know, I meet people all the time, like fans. And what's funny about the challenge is when fans have watched you for years, they get to know you so well. And not just you on the show, but like your personal life and your outside life. And people, I'll meet people that like, know. I've never met this person before, yet they know everything about me. You know, and it was funny meeting him because it was like the same thing. It was like, he, he knows everything about every season and he's so like into the show. Wow. Um, and it was just, dude, it was, it was just an unreal experience, man. I mean, it, it felt like I was more nervous to like walk through the curtain and go out there than I was to like jump off a 60 story building, like, you know, harness stop. Like they, you know, they come into my green room, like, here's your two minute warning. And I'm just like, holy shit, this is actually happening. I watched, I watched Gwen Stefani and, and, uh, the other guy, um, Justin Hartley. Justin Hartley. Yeah. Yeah. I watched them both, you know, in my green room on the TV watching them. And I'm just like, dude, is this going to happen? And then, you know, what was cool was. They brought me behind – I'm behind the, the curtain and you do last looks. There's like this floor-to-ceiling mirror. I was looking at myself in the mirror and then right before I went out, I'm standing on the curtain. They're ready to pull the curtain open and the Roots, his band, they're playing like this reggae song and they're singing like – and they're saying my name, Johnny Bananas. And I was just like, this is un- – like this is not happening right now, dude, you know? Yeah. But the music and just like – it just settled me down, man. And then like the curtain opened up and I went out and it was just – it was just so easy. Like he makes it so easy because, because it's not like, you know, I'm talking to someone like it, it, was, as, it was, it was as if I was talking to like, you know, someone that I'd known forever, you know, he just gives off that vibe and he's just such just an easygoing, personable, awesome guy. It was like, he just made it easy. And it was like, we just had like, you know, we just had such a good, good flow going. And, um, the story I told on there, which is actually a really funny story, um, and I don't know if you watched it. It's on oh, YouTube. I watched. Yeah, the, the, yeah. How the banana name, banana's name came that, to be. But then the, when he yelled at us for, for, for speed. Oh, by his oh house, yeah. In the, uh, out, in the out car. In the Hamptons. Yeah. So it was funny too, because then that, you know, there was just so much, so much there. It was like, we had crossed paths before and like his, his first comedy clip that was bananas. So it was just, it was, it was just such a cool experience, man. It was, uh, and it, it really does say a lot, you know, about how far the challenge has come. And you know, that I've been able to take a platform, the challenge that really no one else has been able to, to use it for as a springboard to put myself out there in the mainstream the way that I have, you know? And yeah. I think it's a testament to just like, you know, if, if you really do go, if you really put yourself out there and if you really do, you know, do all you, you know, do whatever you can do. It, it, it's amazing the things that, that, that you can accomplish. And, and, uh, I mean, at this point, man, things are really rolling now, dude. And, yeah. and it's, it's good and I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, the MTV is going through the Renaissance that it has and this like revival it's going through. And, um, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're reaching out there and it's awesome, man. Well, you saying that brought something to my head that I wanted to ask you was, can you have imagined this when you literally got cast on Key West? Like, is there any, was this a grand plan of yours? My to- plan, my plan honestly was to go on the the, the, the real world all yeah. right party and hook up with a bunch of chicks and then i wanted to compete against the miz and like mark long like that was it like that was my that was my plan mm-hmm. i was like i don't want to get a job right out of college i want to keep this party going i want to keep on i knew at a very young age that it was like i'm never gonna be a nine to five guy that's gonna you know i've always had problems with authority like 
I'm getting, you know, it, it was like, I need to work in a place where it's going to be, where it's going to encourage me to be me, you know, and, and, and this, and that's why the challenge is such a great home for me, you yeah. know, because it does, they, they, they encourage bad behavior and, and, and mischievousness. And that's who I've always been. Um, but no, in a, I didn't even think when I was on the real world, I remember talking to one of the producers at our rap party and I was like, Hey man, do you think I'll ever get invited on a challenge? He goes, yeah, there's a, there's a chance, man. He goes, I think, I think you've, you've made enough of a impression where they'll probably have you on. And now here I am 16 seasons later, you know, with the most wins. And I mean, arguably if that's the, <laughs> if that's the, the phrase you want to use, arguably, uh, you know, yeah. the, the, the most uh, notorious player to ever come out of the show. And I mean, it, like I said, I mean, it's just amazing that, that, um, that the platform, that the challenge platform has enabled me to, you know, springboard myself to, 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 to where it has. And, um, I think it's just a testament to just, dude, if you just, if you just are who you are and you're okay with that and you <clears throat> put enough positivity out there in the world, man, good things happen. What, would, <clears throat> what would take for you to hang it up? Is there something, because I, after you won rivals three, I believe you did an interview where you said, maybe this is it for me because this is what better way to go out than on top most titles ever doing what I did to Sarah and just almost like the biggest F you you could possibly do on your way out the door. But then you you've been on every is? season since. So I didn't, what so it is, is, is because the way that I see the way that I see the challenge is for me, it, it, it's not necessarily even all about winning. Like for me, I just, I just love going on. I love competing and I love making good television, yeah. you know, and I love finding new ways to push people's buttons <laughs> and I love finding new ways to stir the pot and I love finding new ways to prank people. And just, that's just, it, it's just what I love to do, man. I mean, I've, I've, I, I've, it, it's like anyone that it's very few people are in professions where they're like, I love what I do. Right. Yeah. I'm in that, I've found that, I've found the loophole in life. You know what I mean? Like my parent, my, my dad for a long time was like, John, when are you going to get serious? My parents call me John. John, when are you going to get serious? And me and your mother paid a lot of money for you to go to Penn State, not to go on reality television. You know what I mean? So for a long time, my dad like wasn't necessarily all that supportive of it. Um, but I've got to the point now where it's like, I mean, dude, this has become my, my profession and it's, and it's not just a job. It's like, I've, it's like a craft for me, you know, oh, yeah. and showing up every season and having to, you know, not just not reinvent myself, but just come up with new and different ways to entertain people and to be entertained. it's like, it's great, dude. I mean, it's like, I've always growing up. I was always a class clown. I was always the one that couldn't keep my hands to myself that, you know, teased other kids my sister, God love her, you know, my younger sister, I tortured her growing up <laughs> and it literally has like led me to like where I'm at. And it's like, you know, I used to light fires in the back time. I was a pyromaniac and this, this is just like an adult way to be a pyromaniac. I go in the house and I, you know, light fires and watch them burn. <laughs> um, I, I want to play a little game with you here. Played it with Car Maria, so I'm going to do it with you. And it just a word association game. One word or a short phrase when I give you contestants from the show, uh, First thing that comes to your mind when I give you their name. So here we go. Um, TJ. Um, TJ is uh, compassionate. Okay. Jordan. Oh, God. Jordan. Um, uh, Jordan. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many for him. I'm just going to say uh, – fuck. <laughs> I mean, dude, just ultra competitive. Leroy. <laughs> Leroy. Uh, 
The realest motherfucker you'll ever meet. Okay. Jenna. Bubbles. (laughs) Nothing but bubbles. That's all that's in that girl's head. (laughs) I think think Carmaria's was cupcakes with her because cupcakes are all great on the outside or whatever. Okay. Uh, CT. Um, uh, CT is, uh, you know, an absolute force of nature, man. Smashly. Total degenerate. Okay. Corey. (laughs) Uh, Corey. Um, let's see. Uh, Corey is damn dude. These are tough, bro. Corey, one word. Uh, let's see. Word That's phrase. Good. First thing that's okay. just like okay. All right. Uh, dirty dick. <laughs> All right, uh, Wes. Oh my god! You say ginger, Wes, aren't you? Oh. I mean, yeah, dude. That definitely the guys. Wes is. Uh, I mean, yeah. Wes has just got a serious case of gingivitis, man, for sure. <laughs> um, Anissa. Nisa, uh, diaper breath. <laughs> All right, I'm not even, even going to go there. Um, Car Maria. Car Maria. Uh, Car Maria is. Um, Car Maria is, you know. Again, I mean, I think she's just uh, she's ultra competitive, dude. I mean, she's 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 the top. She's the girl, man, for sure. Okay, these last four all are either one people. So I'm sure you're going to be very complimentary of them. Let's start with Kayla. Kayla. My God. Uh, (laughs) Kayla is uh, all Swedish. No finish. Okay, Nelson. Oh, my God. Uh Guys doesn't have two brain cells to rub together. Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> probably related to his uh probably related to his girlfriend. <laughs> and Tori. Tor um Tori is uh I mean I, I you know what? I take back what I said about everyone from Ari the One. I think Tori is an exception to the rule. Okay. All right, I got that. Um, we're going to wrap this up with what I call the final 10. It's 10 questions, but you can rip through these probably pretty good. Um, okay. All challenge-related and just stuff about your history on it and, and whatever it may be. Um, okay, question number one. Of the six titles that you won, I know they were all hard, nothing comes easy, but was there one of the six that might have been easier than the other five to win whether it was the final challenge itself you were playing with a bunch of idiots strategically it was easier to get to the end anything like that easiest one of the six and then on the flip side what was the hardest um are we talking about the straight final or are we talking about the the show as a whole the show as a whole okay um see it's hard to say because there are some shows where i'd have to say maybe the ruins was probably the easiest one only because um uh the, the way the show was set up, I mean, our team was just so much better than the other team. And then the final, I mean, it was me, Kenny, Derek, and Evan. Yeah, that was against two girls. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty easy final. Um, yeah, 
the fine the, the island the final wasn't necessarily that difficult because all we had to do was build a boat and sail but the challenge itself where we starved on an island for 30 days and basically you know had to you know essentially like eat each other i mean we resorted to cannibalism i mean that was probably one of the roughest challenges and then i'd say the hardest final ever was the the final on rivals one that was the most that was the hardest final and the most satisfying challenge uh, win I ever had. Okay. Uh, question number two, most overrated and underrated competitor. Who? Uh, you go male, see. male and female for each. First off, let's first over most overrated male. And it's tough to say overrated because we don't know exactly what's considered rated, I guess. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I guess somebody that gets a lot of camera time and people talk about a lot, but yet maybe hasn't, accomplish much yeah I mean, um i had one I in know. mind that i told car uh-huh. mine was Corey. okay well but i don't even think he's at a, i don't think he's overrated i mean i think he's exactly i mean i think over the last few seasons i mean god man he's he's really shown his ass so yeah um but yeah i mean i yeah i'd say that Corey. listen Corey's never gotten far on the shows based on his strength and athleticism he's done it based on you know just his ability to try and like you know politic his way through and hook up with chicks so yeah yeah and then under uh, underrate somebody that just kind of is better than people give them credit for. Yeah. Um, guy, uh, underrated. I would have to say, I mean, I'd have, I'd have to go with Hunter. I mean, he really is. I mean, that guy, you know, yeah. he, he, that guy's just hungry and, uh, girls, um, uh, I, I don't even want to, I mean, I, I, I got to probably go with Tori. I mean, she's not, she's not necessarily underrated. I just don't think a lot of people saw her coming. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I think no, she, she was, again, I think, I think she checks off a, a, a lot of boxes, dude. Well, to go, to, sure. go, to do as well as she did for her first season, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, just, yeah. um, question number three, I know you have a girlfriend, right? Uh, Oh, <laughs> did. <laughs> okay. So that did. recently. Ended. Newly, okay. uh, yeah. 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 N- newly single. Okay. Slide, but slide into those DMS, lady. <laughs> Is there anyone in the challenge family who you haven't hooked up with, but kind of maybe always had a thing for? Um, not currently, not anyone that's currently on a challenge, okay. but I mean, dude, there were some girls back in the day that, you know, that I had the hots for, for sure. Any names? Uh, I mean, but, but we're also going back in the day, like, we're like thinking about them back in the day, not present time. But I mean, growing up, dude, I remember when I first watched the challenges, Veronica and Tanya, dude, I used to think those girls, I mean, those, you know, I had a crush on both of them. Um, wait, toothbrush, yeah. Tanya, that one. <laughs> okay. is, that, is that what we're referring to? <laughs> That's, well, that was the first thing that came to my mind when you said Tanya. <laughs> you were not mine. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking yeah. about like old school, back, before yeah. my time, okay. before I was ever on the challenge. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, question number four, you're known for your toasts at the beginning of every season. You've been asked to do toasts of parties that don't even have anything to do with the challenge. Do you have a favorite toast that you've done? I think the favorite toast that I did, uh, was off of, uh, if you've seen the movie lone survivor, um, yeah. they have the, the, the frog, was it the Frogman salute or the, or, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, uh, Navy seal. It's, it's that. It's what they recite in the beginning, um, right before they go off to war. And I basically kind of switched a few words around and kind of tailored it more to the challenge. That was that was probably my favorite one. Okay. Uh, question number five: Of all, well, I think you actually gave this answer already. 
of all the challenges that you've done, the most physical individual challenge you ever competed in. Let's let's eliminate the final that you talked about during the Free show. Agent. Most physical Free individual challenge you ever competed in. Free agents for sure. I mean, I, I walked into that house and it was the entire house was against me. I mean, I, it, there was basically an alliance of uh, Jordan. Johnny Riley, Zach, and CT on one side and me on the other side. And I had to go into two extremely physical eliminations. Um, and I basically single-handedly took the entire alliance apart. I, I beat um, yeah. Jordan in an elimination. I beat CT in an elimination. And then I beat Zach and Johnny in a final. So individual, uh, the, 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 the most sat- one of the most satisfying victories ever was, was free agents. Question number six, best location you ever shot the challenge in? I guess the your challenge, favorite. The challenge or the final because we had different – because we'd switch. That's true. Um, I would just I go mean, for the, se- the, the season yeah, as opposed the to over season, the final. I'd have to say um, Brazil was awesome, my first challenge. I mean, Brazil was cool. Uh, Prague was super cool for the for uh, cutthroat. That was, that, was a, that was a sick location. Um Thailand, I was never a big fan of because it was just so hot and steamy there. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Question number seven. If you never got involved with the Challenge franchise, I know you said your dad was like, what are you going to do? What occupation do you think you would be doing now? Lawyer. Really? I mean, I've always, I've always had a gift for, uh, yeah, for, for arguing with people and, and, and making a very compelling case even when I'm dead wrong. I mean, I, I, dude, I actually feel sorry for some of my ex-girlfriends because, I mean, there was never an argument that we got into. It, it, I, could, I could be dead – I could be caught red-handed doing something, and I always had the ability to turn around and make it like it was their fault somehow. So <laughs> I always thought if I was able to, like, turn those skills around in, and, and use them in, like, a courtroom – I mean, dude, I, I would have never, uh, I would have never lost the case. Is, is that why you might be single now, Johnny? Is that why the the, the no, ladies? I mean, no, <laughs> okay. It's more. It, it's more. Uh, listen, I lead a very my lifestyle and 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 um, the profession that I've chosen. It doesn't lend itself to being in a you know. That's a good in, point. In a healthy relationship, I mean, dude, the, just this last year alone, filming. I mean, we were on the road for for uh eight out of the 12 months so yeah you know yeah, that's true. And, and it's 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 difficult man you know in addition to and then that in addition to all the you know other obligations that i have it's just i'm just not at a, at a place right now in my life where i can you know provide anyone with with uh with what they need to be in a functional relationship so no, i hear you uh question number eight tell us one thing about yourself that you don't think most of the audience would know maybe something that even is more tender side of, I'm actually not as big of a piece of shit in real life as most people think I am. Uh, I mean, it's the editing, but it's also, I mean, dude, you know, you got to understand. It's like, I'm on, I, when we, when we do these shows, we go on to make TV, right? We go on to, you know, to, to fight and to argue and to, and to be combative and to, and to, you know, compete basically. And it's, and you literally do have to put on a suit of armor before you go there. And, you know, that's a lot of my, antics and my you know my 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 crude sense of humor and just the way that i am on tv a lot of that's just a, a that's you you kind of have to be you know what i mean if you walk in that house and you're not playing the game you're the one getting played and i always say this the guy you're talking to right now on this podcast would not survive on the challenge and it's like you really do have to you know really check yourself at the door and and it's and it is it's like going into battle man it's like you 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 got to you totally flip a switch when you go on the show and you got to be a different person so yeah. that doesn't a lot of times and a lot you know what though 
I'd actually prefer it to be the other way because a lot of times people meet me and they're like, oh my God, I thought you were going to be such a bigger dick. You're actually a really nice guy. I'd prefer it to be that way than for everyone to think I was just great guy and then meet me and think I'm a complete asshole. Yeah. You know? So I guess it's, it's the better, it's the lesser of two evils. Question number nine, a Mount Rushmore of challenge competitors. Could be all girls, probably won't be. <laughs> we know it won't be. All guys, two, two, three, one. Your Mount Rushmore of challenge competitors. Top four. Myself, myself, CT, uh, Kenny, and Evan. I can't say I would disagree with that. I'm trying to think of somebody that was who's on, who would be on the outside five and six in this. Is there some? I'm trying Derek, to think. Derek and Derek and Darrell. Yeah. Okay. I see that. Uh, question number ten is something I call "Explain Your Tweet," where I go through your Twitter account and I find something. However, um, most oh, of yours oh, are pretty straightforward. You're not really. You're not teasing anything on your tweets. You were pretty straightforward. So, however, something interesting either happened this week. It was brought to your attention, or it was brought to it was brought up this week on Twitter. I don't know when it happened, but To blocked you on Twitter. Was <laughs> so something tells me that you're probably proud of that, right? I mean, I, not many people can not many people can say hey, I'm, I'm blocked from from viewing Terrell Owens' tweets. You know what I mean, this guy actually. I made enough of a, I, I was I was I made enough of an impression on this guy where he actually physically pushed the button and block. I mean it's it, it's it's a pretty cool thing. You'll, you'll see on next week's episode. I mean, he he didn't like any of us, man. I mean, he came into the house day one, yeah, and was just not was just not happy about being there. Did not like any of us. Did not like. He felt like he was above everyone in the house, and he just I mean, he, he, before meeting him. I thought that maybe me and him possible. I'm like, you know what? I've followed him throughout his career. The guy's gotten a lot of flack for being, you know, a disruption. I've throughout my life been been accused of being disruptive. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, maybe maybe me and him might be able to like, you know, find some common ground here. But there's none. There's no common ground with that guy. He is. I mean, he's as advertised, dude. It, it's no. It's it, it, it's 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 no shock to me that that guy has you know, blown up every single NFL locker room he's ever been in, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it just, yeah. it just, it's even, not, just as a viewer looking, it doesn't look like, yeah. I, I mean, no. being a sports fan that I am and, and knowing all this TO stories and from what happened in it, Philly and San Francisco and it's Dallas, not edit. put it down. It's not editing. Yeah. People are like, oh, he's like, Oh, they edited. Nah, nobody edited anything, dude. You, you, you edited yourself, you know, you, that's, that's all you, it just sucks to see. That's how you are until, you know, yeah. sometimes you don't realize how, how shitty you act until you see yourself on TV. And I think, I think that's, it's this is his coming to Jesus moment, you know. And, and Maybe I could, it's not. I could see when you say that he thought he was above the whole thing. I totally, one hundred percent, see that. That's a yeah. And you know what, dude? It's like we've had. Listen, dude, we get it, man. You are you are one of the goats. You are one of the best wide receivers ever to play the game. Yeah. Okay, but dude, we had Sean Merriman on last season, who's one, Pro Bowl linebacker. One of the, I mean, one of the best to ever play for you know in, in, in football. He came in and could not have been a cooler dude. Yeah. You know, he could not have been – he couldn't have – sorry, it's my niece. No, it's okay. Um, he couldn't have been, like, a greater dude. You know what I mean? He came in. He took it for what it was. He played the game. He got involved in it. He had a good time doing it. You know, you had Olympians last season. You have Olympians this season. It's like, dude, we're all here for the same thing. We're here for charity, man. You know what I mean? This isn't the T.O. show. Like, you know, yeah. like you're not, you're, not, you're not above – you shouldn't feel like you're above this. If he would have just come in – and if he would have had a good time, 
And if he would have just had taken it for what it was, I mean, the guy was on Dancing for Dancing with the Stars, for God's sake. It's like, bro, you're twirling around wearing a leotard, right? And you're going to come on the show and think you're above this? Like, come on. Like, And it, I think it would have been a really good thing for him, too, because it would have exposed him to this whole younger generation and this whole different fan base. And, you know, it, it, it would have, I think, done a lot to, uh, you know, to, to, to make him a more, you know. Uh, prove, his, uh, prove his image because we. Exactly. <laughs> And, it, and instead, it did the exact opposite. Like, you got to understand, man, challenge fans are like rabid dogs, okay? I actually started feeling bad. The amount of the amount of backlash this dude must have received over the last few <laughs> days, it was like a tidal wave. I, that was one of my tweets the other day. I'm like, dude, this guy's taken more hits in the last two days on social media than he took in 16 seasons of the NFL. You know, I mean, it was, it's, it's, been, a, it's, been, it's been a rough few days to be Thrill Owens. Yeah, well, not only that, not only dance with I mean, the guy has been on so many reality shows. Like, that is what yeah. his career has turned into. And it's like, dude, if you're going to go on all these, don't act like you're above them. I mean, come on. Exactly. You know, yeah. So, anyway, Johnny, uh, that was awesome. I totally appreciate you coming on and doing this. I'm glad we finally got you on. Um, I think the readers and of my site and the listeners of the podcast are going to absolutely love this. Like I said, love it or hate you, love you or hate you, you got to respect what you've done. Um, with the titles and the way you go about carrying yourself in all of this, because you're real. You you you're not pulling any punches. You're not blowing smoke up anybody's ass. You're not blowing smoke up my ass. You are. This is what you get when you get Johnny Bananas on a podcast. It's about as raw and real as you can get. And it's exactly what I wanted. So true story, um, man. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the, the the way I've always seen it, dude, is it's like because people are like, oh, it must be hard, you know, getting shit from people on social media and whatever. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it is something. It's like, all right, really? But the way that I see it is like I look at the people that I surround myself with in my life, my friends, my family, these people that, that have known me before the show, you know, who, who are – and it's like I look at them and I look at the quality of people that they are. And I'm like if these people, these people who I hold in such a high regard, if they, if they, if they accept me and if they love me for who I am, then – Every fan, every Twitter troll out there on the planet could say negative things about me, and and it wouldn't matter, dude. You know, I I know, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table, um, and I know, like like I said, dude, I can be controversial sometimes, and I know I have a very, very polarizing personality, and I and I have the a tendency to rub certain people the wrong way. But who doesn't? You know, I've always said, if everyone hates you or everyone loves you, you're doing something wrong. So, yeah. Uh, to the haters out there, listen. Just uh, be patient because I got plenty more where that came from. Johnny, thanks again for coming on, man. That was awesome. Uh, and good luck in the future. We'll be watching. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Bye. All right. I mean, Johnny fucking bananas. That is why, like, I know that that guy will rub some of you the wrong way. And I know you'll think, oh, my God, he's so stuck on himself. And he talks about, like, if you're a fan of the challenge, like he said, and kind of like I, I said in the beginning, like love him or hate him, you've got to respect him because there's zero bullshit involved with this guy, just none. And I like that. I mean, people that have you guys that have followed me and listened to me, like I don't beat around the bush with things. I I say what I feel, and Johnny does too. And I've I've always taken to his character. I I can watch challenge seasons from for days on end. I did take a four or five year break there in the middle because I stopped watching the real world and I was like, I'm going to be so behind and I don't know any of these people now that are going on and I just stopped and then I got back into it and you know, it's, it's mandatory television viewing for me. So 
bring on as many seasons. You know, they're starting to branch out from not only characters from the previous challenge seasons and MTV and real world. And obviously we know they have are you the one people on there. They are starting to bring on in future seasons for those who might want to be a tad spoiled right now. They're starting to bring on people from other television shows. Um, the next season of the challenge starts sometime in 2018. Don't worry. There's no bachelor people on it, but knowing that chase and Jasmine are on MTV show called X on the beach, you can guarantee that I guarantee uh, in, a, in a future season of the challenge, we're going to start seeing Bachelor people show up. Athletic Bachelor people show up. If I'm not mistaken, I believe some have already been contacted about future seasons. So, um, you know, it's 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 a really cool show. I mean, if you haven't watched it, it's really entertaining. Yeah, you're 30 seasons behind, but you can pick it up. It's they they'll allude to stuff previous relationships, previous beefs that people had with stuff, and they'll show footage from previous seasons. So I think if you've never watched it, I would suggest watching it. It's very entertaining television. There's an athletic involvement in it. There's a mental game. There's strategy involved. There's hooking up. There's drinking. There's good-looking girls. If you're a female watching it, there's plenty of good-looking guys on this show for you. So, um, But to have Johnny Bananas on the show at the one-year anniversary of the Reality Steve podcast, I couldn't have asked for anything more. So I'm so glad we got him on. And thanks again to Johnny for that. Thanks again to you all for listening to this. Uh, if you could rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast, it'd be much appreciated. As for what's going on legally with me, hey, I, I mean, one thing I, I, I can say about this interview is we're record. I recorded this with Johnny on Friday, December 1st. So there actually was an episode of Champs vs. Stars that aired this past Tuesday, which we never talked about because it hadn't aired yet and I, we couldn't talk about it. But um, I recorded this on, on Friday, December 1st. So legally, nothing new in the to report to, to you guys. But as I wrote in last Thursday's column, when I gave you the Final Four breakdown and I explained what was going on in last week's podcast, you know, do I expect uh, something coming my way, a, a, a lawsuit filed by them? Yeah, I'd probably be more I'd be more surprised if I didn't get one. So I'll deal with it the way I can. I'll be fine. Um, and we'll just go from there. But uh, again, I appreciate all of you that have tuned in one year anniversary of the podcast started December 5th in 2016. And here you are listening today for the first time on December 7th. So one year anniversary had Johnny Bananas on. Couldn't have been more happy about that. So thank you again for all tuning in. Really appreciate it. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode. And until then, talk to you later. See you.